Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Wesley assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Born for Rulership. Born for Rulership, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will illustrate the pursuit for preeminence, the preparation for lordship, for authority, raising royalty, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel are being raised for royalty. They are in preparation for lordship, for authority. We're going to use the Bible to illustrate um, not only the behaviors that we should be exhibiting, but also those around us who are looking to use evil to seduce us, to stay in a subservient space, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it is was appointed to death. As what? As were appointed to death, for we made a spectacle unto the world. For what? We are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels. And to men, brothers and sisters, it says, for we are made a spectacle unto the world. So if you look at this scripture closely, it's telling us that we're exhibited on the theater to the world, brothers and sisters. The whole world is looking at us as a play, as a theater. All the focus is on the children of Israel, on his apostles. Read that one more time, brother, please. First, first Corinthians chapter four, verse nine. For I think that God has set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. So, brothers and sisters, we are exhibited as a gazing stock to amuse the populace in the amphitheater, brothers and sisters. The apostles were who? Israelites, brothers and sisters. The disciples, Israelites. The children of Israel are a spectacle to the world. Brothers and sisters, we're going to see why. What are they looking for? What are they looking for, brothers and sisters? Why are they spectating us? We're going to go to Micah in the Old Testament. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to Micah chapter 5. We're going to read verse 7 and 8. <clears throat> Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 7. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as dew from the Lord. As the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. So Jacob shall be in the midst of many people. That's called a scattering. Uh, people will be scattered like the dew. You know, when you come outside, you see the dew on the grass where it's scattered everywhere. It's not condensed to one area. This is showing you that Jacob or Israel will be scattered amongst all people, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time. Micah chapter 5 verse 7 And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as they do from the Lord as the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for man nor waiteth for the sons of men And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest As a what? As a lion among the beasts of the forest Continue as a young lion among the flocks of the sheep. So look at this, brothers and sisters. It says that Israel shall be as a lion amongst the Gentiles. See, this is what they're looking for, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, verse 8, brother. 
and the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people, as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flock of the sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down, and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. So we shall epitomize strength and courage, which the beasts of the forest dare not oppose and cannot resist. Brothers and sisters, when you look at that movie Lion King, it was actually referring to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. How he was didn't know he was supposed to be ruling. He's just living his life being raised by hyenas. And then he comes to the realization, the epiphany, that everything that the sun shines on was part of his kingdom. So they understand this, brothers and sisters. They know that Israel shall be a terrible power among the nations and invincible in strength. How do we know? Because it says, <clears throat> read it one more time, brother. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people, as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep. See, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep. So sheep are known to be vulnerable, brothers and sisters. It's telling you we will be lions amongst sheep, which means we will be strong, mighty, powerful, and courageous, superior to our enemies, as the lion is strongest amongst all beasts, brothers and sisters. See, they understand this. They know once we awaken, we have the propensity to be as a lion amongst sheep and who they can't defend themselves, brothers and sisters. They will be vulnerable to us, and they understand this. This is why they're looking to hold or conceal the information of our true identity from us, brothers and sisters. So look at that. It says, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Why? When you do the research, a lion is one of the most vengeful animals, brothers and sisters. If you harm a lion, he will get you back. He will destroy himself to get to you. And they understand this, brothers and sisters. When the Bible makes correlation between Jacob or Israel and the young lion, they understand those who have looking to destroy us. If they continue to stay in unrighteousness, upon our awakening, that we will become like a lion, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Jasher. We're going to the book of Jasher because we're showing you something here, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you some of the power that the nations knew we had in times past. Because guess what? They know who you are. We may not know who we are, but they never forgot. We lost our history. They didn't lose it, brothers and sisters. They've been ruling. They're writing the history books. They're the publishers. We were in slavery. So, of course, we lost the history that they've already had. They've always had, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Jasher. We're going to the book of Jasher, brothers and sisters. We're going to Jasher, chapter 54, brothers and sisters. And we're going to start at, let's see here. We're going to start at 46, brothers and sisters. Jasher, chapter 54, verse 46. Now, this is a more detailed Genesis, Jasher. This is referring to when <clears throat> Joseph was second in command in Egypt. And he wanted Benjamin to stay amongst him, which was the little brother out of all the tribes. He was the little brother. And Judah and the rest of the brothers wanted to take Benjamin back. This is before they knew that Joseph was Joseph, brothers and sisters. Jasher, Jasher chapter 54, verse 46. 
And whilst they were fleeing, Judah and his brethren pursued them unto the house of Pharaoh, and they all escaped. And Jacob and, and Judah again sat before Joseph and roared at him like a lion. And did what? And roared at him like a lion and gave a great tremendous shriek at him. So Judah, who was the African-American, gave a shriek at Joseph, who was the father of the Ephraimites, brothers and sisters, or the Puerto Ricans. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 54, verse 47. And the shriek was heard at a distance, and all the inhabitants of Sakoth heard it. And all Egypt quaked at the sound of the shriek. And also the walls of Egypt and the land of Goshen fell in from the shaking of the earth. And Pharaoh also fell from his throne upon the ground. And also all the pregnant women of Egypt and Goshen miscarried when they heard the noise of the shaking, for they were terribly afraid. So look at this, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> the sound of our roar was able to cause earthquakes and miscarriages with the, just the shout of our voice, brothers and sisters. And see, they understand this. The nations understand we still have the potential to be that lion the nations are terrified of. That's why it says, for they were terribly afraid. See, read the next scripture, brother. Joshua chapter 54, <clears throat> verse 48. And Pharaoh sent word saying, what is this thing that has come this day happened in the land of Egypt? And they came and they and told him all the things from the beginning to end. And Pharaoh was alarmed and he wondered and was greatly afraid. She, brothers and sisters. So just the sound of our voice before we were separated from the from the spirit of God, brothers and sisters, we had power, more power than we have. We still have power now, but on a smaller level. But when we are in conjunction, when we are connected with the spirit of the most high, they are greatly afraid, brothers and sisters. Where the walls started shaking, miscarriages, and, and even Pharaoh was alarmed. He heard this shriek, this roar from a distance, brothers and sisters, to show you the power, brothers and sisters, to show you the power. So what are we doing? We're showing you why they are spectating us, brothers and sisters. They know that if they keep us down, they can continue to gain financially off of our ignorance. But if they awaken, they will be like a lion. They understand this, brothers and sisters. See, this is the importance of knowing your Israel. So when Christians or other people say, well, it doesn't matter. God loves everybody. How ignorant. How ignorant. Because you would never go to Egypt and tell the Egyptians it doesn't matter who they are. You would never go to China and tell them it doesn't matter who they are. Why? Because they hold their history dear. And you'll say, well, you know, we don't need to, we, you know, that's the old times. We don't need to worry about that. But yet you'll celebrate July 4th, 1776. So only forget the past when it's my past. <laughs> only forget the past when it shows some preeminence of people of color. But then you'll remember 1776, July 4th. See how hypocritical that is? You forget history and then come to me and tell me to forget my history. These are the children of Israel. Brothers and sisters, the Negroes, Natives, and Hispanics, the Blaikwa Tainos, brothers and sisters, the Haitians and Jamaicans, the Vietnamese, some of the Japanese, actually, the first Samurais, Samurais, that word come from Samaria, which is in Israel, brothers and sisters. A lot of the first, you know, the Japanese were dark, brothers and sisters, and that's why the Chinese and Japanese hate to be, um, you know, 
hate to be confused, for you to confuse one with the other, because they understand, brothers and sisters. You got the Hawaiians, <clears throat> the Samoans, the people of the Southern Seas, the Cambodians, Costa Ricans, the poor, pretty much anybody who's been attacked by Rome, brothers and sisters, the Native American Indians, the Aborigines of Australia, the children of Israel are a spectacle, brothers and sisters. They are watching. It's like, what will they do next? They're so interested in us. They pay such close attention to us, brothers and sisters. Why? See? Brother Wesley, let's go to Ezekiel 37. Why? Because even though we will be as a lion among sheep, we still have obstacles before us, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel still have obstacles before them. We have to go to Ezekiel, the valley of the dry bones, to show you some of those obstacles. Take your time here, brother, please. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and I carried and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of that valley which was full of bones. Which was what? Full of bones. So look at this. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were many there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. So you had dry bones in a in a valley, brothers and sisters, Ezekiel is seeing here in a vision. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, God, thou knowest. So he's seeing these dry bones. These bones are the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. He's seeing these dead skeletons. See? It says, only Ezekiel said, only you know, Father, if they can come back to life. He's telling you, listen, even Malcolm X understood we were the valley of the dry bones. You're dead. You're dead to who you are. Dead to who your brothers and sisters are. Dead to the knowledge of who your God is. Dead to the knowledge of who the enemy is. Dead to the knowledge of where your land is. See? Dead to the knowledge of your culture, your heritage. Dead to the knowledge of your holy days. Dead to the knowledge of what's clean and unclean. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Even for us who have been blessed to have the truth, it's a spiritual phenomenon that we've been awakened. Because Ezekiel is saying here, Listen, only you know, Father, if these bones can come back to life. Read verse 3 one more time, brother. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Only you know, Father. Why? Because based on our programming, this is not supposed to be possible, brothers and sisters. This is not supposed to be possible. That somehow, you know, thousands, hundreds of years after slavery, that these same slaves would now start reading this Bible and pick it up as their own and realize, well, hold on. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, hold on. Saul, Solomon, David, hold on. Peter, Paul, John, Christ. These, this is me. See, this is a phenomenon, brothers and sisters. How? We put drugs into the community. We put hip-hop music into the communities. We put, we've glorified strippers in the communities. Look at this, brothers and sisters. So they're looking. This is a phenomenon that you see before us, where you're seeing brothers and sisters on corners, where you're seeing black people and Hispanics and natives now coming back to their heritage saying, well, listen, I don't celebrate Christmas. Okay, I don't go to church on Sunday. Yeah, I wear fringes on the four corners of my garment. 
like numbers tell you. See, this is a phenomenon, brothers and sisters. So we must take into consideration that Satan has blinded the minds of our people on a mass level, brothers and sisters. See, just because you're awakened doesn't mean that, you know, that was just something that was easy, brothers and sisters. Read verse 3 and 4 one more time, brother. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto the bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Hear the word of the Lord. See, so it's the prophecy that would awaken us. Deuteronomy 28. See? Going to these scriptures, showing the Hispanics. Well, hold on. This is you, brother. You're Issachar, uh, Mexicans. Going to the black Latinos. Going to the Costa Ricans and Panamanians. Going to the Haitians and Jamaicans. The only thing that can awaken us is the prophecies contained in the book. Brothers and sisters. Read verse 5, brother. Thus says the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you. And ye shall live. So we shall live. That breath, brothers and sisters, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the breath that was breathed into the nostrils of Adam from the beginning, brothers and sisters. The Ruach, which is a feminine spirit, all through Scripture. You can read it all through Proverbs, all throughout the wisdom of Solomon. It's a feminine spirit, brothers and sisters. So the Holy Spirit would awaken us to understand prophecy, brothers and sisters. See? Now, we have to show you something. Once this happens, when they begin to see your light, when the, those who are spectating, the Gentiles, and even our own people, when they see your light, they've already been trained or programmed to view you as an enemy. Why? Because they know. Look at verse 10. Let's go to Ezekiel 37 and 10, brother. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet. And what happened? An exceedingly great army. A what? An exceedingly great army. See, this is what they fear. This is what they fear, brothers and sisters. Because why? If we understand we're a nation, we understand that a nation must have an army to protect themselves. See? Now, now you're understanding, brothers and sisters. Now you're understanding why they're killing us. Why they're destroying us. Why they're perpetuating pork. Christmas, Sunday worship, because they understand it. You begin to read these scriptures through a historical lens and not a religious lens. An exceeding great army would arise out of our people. Now, some people may be saying, these valley of dry bones could be anybody. This is not speaking about Israel. How do we know? Read verse 11, 11 brother. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Read that again. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off of our parts. So look at this, brothers and sisters. These bones are the whole house of Israel, brothers and sisters. Okay? So this is speaking to the children of Israel. Now, for somebody to sit here and tell us, well, it doesn't matter who Israel is. You see how ignorant of a statement that is, brothers and sisters? Because if I don't know I'm Israel, I'm just, you know, this doesn't make any sense to me. This has nothing to do with me. Israel is white Europeans. <laughs> see? So look at this, brothers and sisters. They know that once that breath came into us, read verse 10 again, brother. 
So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon other and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. A what? An exceedingly great army. That's what they fear. So we must be careful when bringing forth this information, brothers and sisters, because once you wake from your programming, they are programmed to see you as an enemy, brothers and sisters. They are programmed to see you as an enemy, even our own people, brothers and sisters. Read, brother, please. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dry, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Read. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord, says the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. See, brothers and sisters, so Christ, when Christ come back, he will deliver the promised land to us. But if you don't know your Israel, you're not looking for a land. See, brothers and sisters? Now, people might say, well, no, the Jews are the people that's actually over there in Israel right now. You don't know history. Because the Jewish people moved there in 1948. After the so-called Holocaust, where you had Edomites or white people killing other white people. And somehow, they got our land. Now, the question is, how could you go into a land and take it that's already inhabited? Exactly, the inhabitants were put on slave ships. So there was nobody in the land. That's why you have white people and Palestinians fighting over a land that belongs to neither of them. It belongs to us. We are from the Middle East. I, I hear people say, well, no, Christ was Middle Eastern. Brother, we're from the Middle East. <laughs> if you want to use that term, because there's no such term as Middle East in the Bible. Okay. Israel is connected to Northern Africa. We are the children of Israel. And the Most High tell you, I will open your graves and cause you to come up. So look at this, brothers and sisters. They understand that exceeding great army. That's in Ezekiel 37 and 10. This is what they're looking for, brothers and sisters. They're, they're, they're watching us to make sure that we're not waking up, brothers and sisters. So there's this term amongst young people, oh, being woke, woke, woke. You need to be woke to this. A lot of people is fake woke out there. What are you woke to? You woke to the children of Israel? <laughs> Exactly. So if you don't know your Israel, you're not woke. You still sleep. Let's go to Psalms 83, brother, because understanding that we would be an exceeding great army, they conspired against us. We're going to show you that. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're sticking in the Old Testament. We're going to Psalms 83. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Let's start at verse... Two. Psalms Psalms eighty three and two. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate, hate thee have lifted up thy thy head. So look at this, brothers and sisters, a tumult is an uprising. The enemies have made an uprising. They've come together. Those who hate the Mosai hate us, the people of the Mosai. Read verse two again, brother. For lo, thy enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Read. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. They have what? They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. So look at this, brothers and sisters. We're going into the Gentile mindset when we fail. They've taken crafty counsel against our people and consulted against thy hidden ones. Why is it saying hidden ones, brothers and sisters? Because the world don't know who we are. They think we're African-American. 
They think we're Haitian. They think we're Puerto Rican. They think we're Costa Rican. They think we're Mexican. They think we're Vietnamese. They think that, you know, that we're all these other things than what we are. They've taken crafty counsel, which means in secret, brothers and sisters. Some of that crafty counsel is doing what? The enemies of the Most High are those who would teach us to break the Most High's laws. See, that's crafty counsel. And they've set up pastors to do this, brothers and sisters. The counsel, it's not up front. It's in secret. That's what crafty counsel is. They'll never come out and say, well, yeah, we just hate black people and, and Hispanics and natives. They'll never come out and say that. They're smarter than that. They're taking crafty counsel, which means they conceal their true agenda. It's called the New World Order. Uh, read verse 3 one more time, brother. Psalms chapter 83, verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. Let them what? And come and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. See, so they would look to wipe our memory, brothers and sisters, and train us to believe we're somebody else. Remember, Toby, with roots, he had to call himself, or he was supposed to call himself, what his slave master told him to call himself. You don't even realize how deep that is, brothers and sisters. See, they've been teaching us that we're African Americans, or black, or, or Mexican. See? They've been trying to reprogram us to wipe us away from our true identity, brothers and sisters. So don't tell me it doesn't matter who Israel is when there's crafty counsel or conspiracy going on against me. See, if you cared about me, you would tell me there's somebody out there looking to destroy me. See, these pastors don't care. They care about their pocketbook, brothers and sisters. Because the Bible is telling you, whoever the children of Israel are, there's a crafty counsel against those people. Read verse 4 one more time, brother, please. Psalms chapter 83, verse 4. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. See, let the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Well, it doesn't matter who Israel is. We all can be Israel. You just believe in Christ, and we're all Israel. Negative. Negative. Read, brother. For they have consulted together with one consent. For what? For they have consulted together with one consent. They have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Look at that. They're confederate against us, brothers and sisters. So look at this. Look at this, brothers and sisters. They really have an agenda, but before the people, they'll say nothing. They really have an insidious, insidious, sinister plan. See? So these nations we're about to read all together are complicit of hiding the identity of these people. Brothers and sisters. So people act as if our black people are just, you know, just caught up on the past and just angry black people. Listen, we're in low case. We're in bad case because people have conspired against us and we don't even know who the enemy is. Brothers and sisters. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. That's called a conspiracy. Brothers and sisters. And when you say that word, especially a black or Hispanic person, people look at you like you're crazy. See? They have conspired against us, brothers and sisters. And now the Bible's going to tell you who is part of that new world order or that united nations. Read verse 5 one more time, brother. Psalms chapter 83, verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. 
They are confederate against thee. They are confederate against us, brothers and sisters. So they would set up educational institutions and churches to, to wipe away our memory. They are aware, but they're speaking of erasing our memory, brothers and sisters. So even though who these nations have disagreements amongst themselves, they're all in agreement with destroying us. Now, who are those nations? Read. The tabernacles of Edom. Now, this is showing you who spearheads this or who's the apex of this conspiracy. And it's Edom or the white European, the Romans. And the Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites are who, brothers and sisters? Arabs. Of Moab. Palestinians, brothers and sisters. And the Hargarians. That's another clan, brothers and sisters. Jabal. Jabal. Jabal and Ammon. So you had Moab and Ammon. You have the Jordanians, brothers and sisters. And Amalek. Amalek. Who is that? That is the Jewish people, brothers and sisters. The Jewish people are Amalek in the Bible. The Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. So look at that. Tyre or Tyre, brothers and sisters, is Lebanon, brothers and sisters. Lebanon. So look at all of these nations that have conspired against us to say, listen, let us possess God's people. See, all these nations are like, well, listen, we want our turn because if these people figure out who they are, it's over for us. We have no more power. So all of these nations have looked to destroy us, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture. Ashur also is joined with them. That's Assyria. Look at what's going on over there with the Syrians, brothers and sisters. They have helping the children of Lot. So look at this, brothers and sisters. This is a conspiracy amongst all of these nations to destroy Israel, to keep Israel's identity from them, brothers and sisters. See? So this is why we don't know who we are, because it's not just the white man. You're doing yourself a disservice by saying that it's just the white man who's looking to destroy us. And we're not talking about just regular white people walking around on the streets. We're talking about the elites, the governmental structure of these nations that we just read, brothers and sisters, are looking to destroy us without any shadow of a doubt. Why? Because Micah told us that if we wake up, we would be like a lion among sheep, brothers and sisters. So for their self-preservation, or so they would, they would say that they're doing this. We're going to find out. Let's go to Jeremiah 11 and 19. Brother, follow us, brothers and sisters. Follow us. What is this lesson, brothers and sisters? Born for rulership. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 19. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter, and I knew not that they had devised devices against me. So look at that. When we don't know that there's a conspiracy against us, we're like a lamb or an ox going into a slaughterhouse, brothers and sisters indefensible, don't even know what's going on. Saying, let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. Let us cut off them from the promised land. That his name may be no more and remember. So look at this, brothers and sisters. They're looking to wipe our memory away. So what did they do? They enslaved us, told us we were somebody else, and then put other people in the land. To say, well, nah, they're Jews because they're living in Judah, in the land of Judea. And that's not the case. You don't name the people after the land. You name the land after the people. How do we know that, brothers and sisters? 
What was the land of Israel named before Israelites went there? The land of Canaan. See, brothers and sisters? So once uh, you name a land, it's supposed to be based on the people that's there. But see, when Edomites are ruling Romans, they do it backwards. They say, well, because you live in America, you're an American. <laughs> see? No. The, the land that you live on have nothing to do, or your geographical location have nothing to do with your nationality, brothers and sisters. Because as a black man, if I go to China and have a child, is that child Chinese now? Exactly. See how ignorant they think we are, brothers and sisters? This is how ignorant they think we are. Read 19 one more time, brother, please. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, Saying what? Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more remembered. See? So they're trying to wipe away our name, brothers and sisters. And they understand the truth of our identity will be the beginning of our self-defense, the beginning of a revival, brothers and sisters. See, remember uh, Ezekiel 37, Valley of the Dry Bones. See, they understand once we get that name back, once we get our identity back, brothers and sisters, it's over for them. That is the beginning of the end for them, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, please follow us to Psalms 137 in verse 5 and 6. We're going to Psalms, brothers and sisters, chapter 137. Verse 5 and 6. Psalms chapter 137, verse 5. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem. Showing you what? What is it showing? This is showing the high regard that our people held our heritage in. Because why? The scripture previous said that I was like an ox or a, a, a sheep led to the slaughter when I had, you know, without my name, without my heritage. This is David. How did David feel in regard to? To his nationality or his national origin. Read verse 5 again, brother. Psalms chapter 137, verse 5. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Look at this. If I forget I'm Jerusalem or I'm the people of Jerusalem, I'm Israel, let my right hand forget her cunning. Let me forget the use of my right hand. Let me forget that which is dearest and most profitable to me. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Read that again, brother. If I do not remember thee, let me let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief if, joy. If I forget that I'm Israel, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I would rather be a mute. I would rather not be able to speak. I would rather, you know, have I'd rather not be able to use my hand or even speak. So this is showing you the high regard that our people, and not only the high regard, but the importance of our national origin or the identity. Why? Because the national, excuse me, the knowledge of our heritage was a natural advantage. Culture contains several reservoirs of emotional energy and influence, brothers and sisters. And see, David understood this. That's why, you know, it's bewildering to me when people say, well, it doesn't matter who we are. God love everybody. See, you're definitely not following the Bible because David, who was a man after God's own heart, said, if I don't remember who I am, I want to lose the, the use of my right hand and my mouth. 
I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to speak. I don't even want to be able to do anything with my hand. You know, the right hand is the one you use the most traditionally, brothers and sisters, to do everything. He's saying, I would rather lose, lose the use of my mouth and my hand if I forget that I'm Israel. So we're showing you something here, brothers and sisters. This is the importance of the identity. See? And usually the people who say it doesn't matter who we are, are Israelites, brothers and sisters. Showing you that they're in a, under a slumber. They're drunken, but not with wine. How can you look at this rich history all throughout the Bible and then say, well, it doesn't matter who these people are? It doesn't make any sense because if you don't know who the people are, you don't understand prophecy. You don't understand anything in the Bible. If you don't know who the people are, let's go to Hosea, brother. Six in one. Follows, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> We're staying in the Old Testament. We're going to Hebrew, excuse me, Hosea. Six and one. Hosea chapter six and one. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he has torn and he will heal us. For what? He has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. See, this is why we don't blame the white man. Because the Bible says, he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten us, and he will bind us up. So we're in this case because of our disobedience to the Most High, where he allowed our enemies to put us in a subservient position to bend our necks, brothers and sisters. See? So you want to blame the white man, don't give... The, listen, I'm not giving the white man that much credit. You're not that strong. You don't have power. The white man don't have power because if he had power, you wouldn't have uh, transvestites and all this type of mess walking around in your society. <laughs> if you had power, we would have been did something about that. So you don't have power. We don't, you know, we don't blame the white man because you give the white man too much credit. He's not that powerful. We're in this position because the Most High allowed it. Read verse 2, brother. Hosea <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 2. After two days will he revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. See, so the expression of time here, employed, refers to 2,000 years, brothers and sisters. We know the scripture tell you a day is like a 1,000 years in the eye of the Lord. So our people were as dead men, both in civil and spiritual sense, as Ezekiel 37 told us, but in 2,000 years, which we're in now, he would begin to revive us. Brothers and sisters. So now we find ourselves in the age of enlightenment. Read that one more time, brother. After two days will he revive us, and in the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. See? So a spiritual revival or an uprising that will soon turn physical. This is what they're spectating. This is why they're spectating, brothers and sisters. They're looking for this revival. After two days or 2,000 years... He will revive us. So they understand prophecy and they're doing everything they can to prevent this or to slow this down. They know they can't stop it. So what they'll do is try to put stumbling blocks before us to give them more time. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tell you one day is like a thousand years in the eye or, you know, a thousand years is like one day in the eye of the most high God. So what we think God may have forgotten about because it was 400 years ago, he didn't forget. That was like two hours ago for him. He remembers. Don't think that the Most High have forgotten what you've done, Gentiles. Don't think. 
And brothers and sisters, Israel, don't think that the Most High will not have vengeance for us. Remember, vengeance is not mine. Vengeance is the Lord's. I have no power. I can't do anything. The only thing we can do is go into the scriptures and live righteously. It's for the Most High to bring forth the vengeance. And it tells you in 2,000 years, he will begin to revive us, brothers and sisters. And that's what you're seeing. A spiritual awakening where brothers and sisters are no longer going to Christian church. No longer dealing with Christmas and Easter and all these pagan holidays. No more Sunday worship. No more pork, crab, shrimp, lobster. This is the revival that was prophesied in Hosea, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. After two days will he revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. See? So we have another scripture that links to this flawlessly, brothers and sisters. This is referring to that revival that would begin around 2000, which a great awakening. And why has this awakening spread so much? Because of the internet, brothers and sisters. Now you have access to a lot of information that you had to go buy thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in books. A lot of these encyclopedias, you know, a good set of encyclopedias that cost you well over $5,000. Now I can go pull up the Wikipedia or, or whatever the case may be, Britannica.com, and have that before me. See, so even though they created the internet as a web or a net to catch you, it's a double-edged sword. Because why? A lot of our people are waking up based on the internet. If you're listening now, you're listening from the internet, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Isaiah 29 and 18, brother. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Born for rulership. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 18. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. Read that again. And in that day shall the deaf Hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see, but out of obscurity and out of darkness. See, it says, "Shall the de read that one more time, brother." And in the and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. The people who seem to be deaf to all that the Most High says shall hear and understand it. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity. Look at that; they shall see clearly the truth of the Most High. And out of darkness. And out of darkness, brothers and sisters. So their eyes are now blinded. <clears throat> but then they shall see clearly during this time, brothers and sisters. Drawn out of darkness into the Most High's marvelous light. In 2,000 years will be a revival, brothers and sisters. That revival that Ezekiel spoke about. Where he said, the Most High said, prophesy unto these bones. I will breathe life into these bones. That breath. Is the Holy Spirit. See, they understand this, brothers and sisters. Why do you think the drugs, the crack, the cocaine, the heroin ends up in our neighborhood? Why do you think? Why do you think they're making all these pharmaceuticals, even we, all this stuff, brothers and sisters, they're putting it out there. Why? Why now? <laughs> Why now? Because they understand. We Listen, we need to prevent them from awakening. We need them to be high. We need them to be on video games. We need them to be paying attention to uh, uh, football, basketball, you know, Cardi B, uh, hip hop love, all this mess, brothers and sisters. See, porn, porn, pornographic, you know, pornographic uh, videos and stuff. Why now? <laughs> they understand, brothers and sisters. 
We're in the most sinful time in the earth history, brothers and sisters. They understand this. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 18. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. And out of darkness, brothers and sisters. So they understand these prophecies, brothers and sisters. That's why they're spectating. Because they understand this is coming. They're going to do everything within their power to do what? To prevent this. Not to stop it, rather, but to slow down this prophecy. They know they're running out of time. They can feel rulership slipping through their fingers. The sales, the, the, the sales on Christmas trees is way down. On Christmas presents is way down. On Thanksgiving turkeys are way down. On, on, on Sunday worship is way down. See? This is a metric. Why do you think they're sending Mormons into your neighborhoods, brothers and sisters? They know that they're not getting you to come to church usually. They're trying to see who's awake and who's not. See, when they go into an area and they see five or six brothers in that area saying, well, nah, the Sabbath is Saturday. See, they, take, they document that. They will write that down, brothers and sisters. Don't think that they're not documenting addresses and names. Because what they're trying to do is get a metric on this awakening. Brothers and sisters, this is what they're doing. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12. <clears throat> brothers and sisters, we're going to Daniel chapter 12 and we're going to read verse 5, brothers and sisters. Oh, excuse me. One second, brothers and sisters. One second. Daniel 12 and 4. Slotkin. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So look at this. Shut up the words and seal the book. During Daniel's time, the book was shut up. The book was sealed, where people couldn't understand it. Now you have people who, you know, never went to theologian seminary college breaking down this Bible like you've never seen a Christian breakdown before. Like you never saw Joel Osteen and T.D. Jakes and Creflo Dollar break down these scriptures. And these brothers don't have education. These brothers, some of them barely graduated high school breaking down this book. Read that one more time, brother. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro. And knowledge shall be increased. See, describe the happier state of Israel than is now being witnessed at this time, brothers and sisters, when it says many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. See, so and this shall be introduced by an increase of knowledge. This awakening will be introduced by an increase of knowledge. So Sean, you will be stirred up to inquire into these things delivered in this book and will spare no pains or cost to get the knowledge of them, brothers and sisters. When it says, shall run, that means shall diligently seek these prophecies, brothers and sisters. We're going back to the same passage that raised us and saying, well, sir, this says Christmas is evil, Jeremiah. This says the Sabbath is Saturday. This says pork is wrong. See, so they've been trying to restrict the knowledge because knowledge is power, brothers and sisters. Knowledge is power. So in this day and age, you have more young black men, young Hispanics in this Bible more than any other time since we've been destroyed, 
brothers and sisters. Trying to hear everything we can find about the Bible, the prophecies, the understanding, the apographer, the pseudepigrapha, Jasher, Enoch. See? So they understood this, brothers and sisters. As we come closer to the end, knowledge would be increased. The book would be unsealed. And these young men and women would run to and fro, up and down these pages, through the scriptures. This page, that page, documenting with their learning, brothers and sisters. They understand this. They understand this, brothers and sisters. They understand that knowledge is power. And they've been trying to restrict us. That's why they set up these Christian pastors. The Christian pastor is not there to teach you. He's there to keep you asleep. He's there to tranquilize you every Sunday. Now, don't worry about that. You ain't got to worry about Paul. You ain't got to worry about that. Christmas, you ain't got to worry about that. Sabbath, you ain't got to worry about that. See, everything that's in the Bible, you're telling me I don't need to worry about. Why? We're going to show you why. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 7 and 12. Brothers and sisters, Ecclesiastes is right at the Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. For wisdom is a defense. Read that again. For wisdom is a defense. See, look at that, brothers and sisters. Once we get this knowledge, we're able to defend ourselves because we understand right and wrong, truth and lies, brothers and sisters. And money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Wisdom giveth life. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Look at that. Valley of the dry bones. What could bring these dry bones back to life? Wisdom, which is the breath. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. The breath that was breathed into the valley of the dry bones. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 12. For wisdom is a defense. True wisdom is most undoubtedly a great advantage to men in all circumstances, brothers and sisters. And money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. That's the key. Wisdom giveth life to them that have this wisdom, brothers and sisters. To have our minds well regulated by the most high's wisdom is life, brothers and sisters. It's showing you spiritual wisdom giving life to them that have it, brothers and sisters. So once we obtain this wisdom, this understanding, as Daniel 12 tells us, life, our people would come to life, brothers and sisters. See, look at this. We're born for rulership. We're being trained for lordship, brothers and sisters, at this time. Let's go to Proverbs, brother. We're going to Proverbs 3 and 21. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall thy life, so shall, so shall they be life unto thy soul. Read that again. So shall they be life unto thy soul. And grace to thy neck. The key thing in verse 21, it says, let not them depart from thy eyes, which means always remember, never forget, brothers and sisters. See, instruction for success in any endeavor is only as profitable as your ability to remember and apply it, brothers and sisters. So that's why when people, brothers, talking about, well, I, I didn't, I forgot and I didn't remember. 
It's like you're restricting yourself because you have to remember. That's part of being responsible. You're not responsible if you keep forgetting. So he's showing you something here, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Life for our soul and grace for our neck are based on steadily following sound wisdom and discretion, brothers and sisters. And when it says grace to thy neck, jewelry goes around your neck, brothers and sisters. Jewelry is a sign of preeminence. It's a sign of honor, wealth, brothers and sisters. So it's telling you, if you have wisdom and discretion, that's like jewelry on your neck. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah, brother. We're going to Isaiah 51 and 17, brothers and sisters. Please follow us there. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 17. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem. Read that again. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem. Awake, awake. Uh, Speaking of persons awake out of sleep or out of stupor or out of slumber. Read that from the top, brother. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling. And wrung them out. Brothers and sisters, it's alluding to the excessive drinking which brings a trembling of limbs, a staggering, which says, um, Thou hast drunken the dredges of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. Wrung it out. When you wring something out, you've taken it all, brothers and sisters. So look at this. Awake, awake, Jerusalem. So you're not knowing who Jerusalem is. None of these scriptures apply to you because you don't know who Jerusalem is. The people of Jerusalem. Read that one more time, brother. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dreads, the dregs of the cup of trembling, and wrung them out. See? It says, awake, awake, to remember the Lord's judgments and promises, brothers and sisters. It's time to awake out of that slumber, to be revived, like Hosea tells us, brothers and sisters. See? Like Daniel 12 tell us, where we would run to and fro, increasing in knowledge. Wisdom is a defense, brothers and sisters. Where can you find wisdom? In the Bible, brothers and sisters. Not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of the Most High, which is the true wisdom. Awake, awake, stand up, Jerusalem. We are the people of Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. It's time to awake. Let's go to Lamentations, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Lamentations, brothers and sisters. We're going to Lamentations chapter 5, verse 16. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 16. The crown is falling from our heads. Read that again. The crown is falling from our heads. Woe unto us that we have sinned. The crown has fallen from our head, brothers and sisters. So all of our honor and glory as a nation is gone. Read that again, brother. The crown is falling from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. Woe unto us that we have sinned, which had brought all these evils and calamities upon us, brothers and sisters. 
So it's telling you the children of Israel have lost their crown. All of our honor, splendor, and dignity has dissipated, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brethren. The crown is fallen from our heads. Woe unto us that we have sinned. Woe unto us that we have sinned. And what happened because of our sin, brothers and sisters? We have to go to verse 8. Lamentations chapter 5 verse 8. Servants have ruled over us. What happened? Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hands. See, because the crown have fallen from our head because of our sin, servants have ruled over us. So those who really should be serving us are ruling over us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because of the sin that caused the crown to fall from our head, brothers and sisters. So through our sin, the positions were reversed. Our people need to understand that when the euphoria of sin ends, as it, as it inevitably does, usually we're not really prepared to deal with what's on the other side. And that's called the law of unintended consequences. Brothers and sisters, there was a consequence for that sin. And what is it? Read verse 8 again. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hands. See? So you need to know who the people of Jerusalem are to understand you ever had a crown. See? There's nothing good that can come from somebody not knowing their identity, brothers and sisters. Okay? So anybody telling you that garbage is a worker of iniquity and is coming in the spirit of the Antichrist because that's against Christ, brothers and sisters. That's against Christ. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Isaiah 51 verse 1. Oh, excuse me, 52 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 1. Awake, awake. Do what? Awake, awake. Called upon to awake out of sleep. And this shows that a deep sleep had befallen us. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on the beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall be, there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. So look at this, brothers and sisters. A call to restoration of biblical proportions. So don't tell me it doesn't matter who Zion is or who Jerusalem is. Zion is Israel, brothers and sisters. Jerusalem is Israel, brothers and sisters. Put on thy strength, O Zion. If you don't know your Zion, these scriptures don't matter to you. Read that again, brother. Awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come in, into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. There shall no more be Gentiles looking to destroy us, taking over our land, teaching us their doctrines, uncircumcised. Circumcision was a law or a covenant between the Israelites and the Most High. And the unclean are people who are unclean, eat unclean foods, celebrate unclean days. So this is referring to Gentiles. There shall no more come in into thee the Gentiles. Shake, uh, reverse two, brother. Isaiah chapter 52, verse two. Shake thyself from the dust. Do what? Shake thyself from the dust. Arise. Do what? Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, 
O captive daughter of Zion. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. We are even still under the authority of the Gentiles. When you follow their holidays, eat their food, celebrate what they tell you to celebrate, you're under captivity, brothers and sisters. It says, shake thyself from the dust, arise, sit down, Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, from the yoke of the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Read verse 2 one more time, brother. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. See, so this is a prediction and promise that we should awake or arise out of our low estate, out of spiritual drowsiness, brothers and sisters. And there's something key that if you don't take your time, you'll miss. Read verse 1 again, brother. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on what? Put on thy strength. Put on thy strength. So look at this, brothers and sisters. What is strength according to the Bible? What is the Most High telling Zion to put on? Let's go to Proverbs 24 and 5, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5. A wise man is strong. Read that again. A wise man is strong. Yeah, a man of knowledge increases strength. Look at that, brothers and sisters. This proverb stresses the superiority of wisdom over physical strength. In all cases, wisdom gives power and influence. So he's telling you, put on wisdom. Put on knowledge, Zion. Read that one more time. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5. A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. See? So he's telling us to put on knowledge, Zion. Why? Because all men want to be strong. But only a very few will seek strength at this source, brothers and sisters. He's telling us to put on wisdom. Put on knowledge, Zion. See? Go to Proverbs 11 and 6, brother. Same book, just a different chapter, brothers and sisters. Verse 16, excuse me. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 16. A gracious woman retaineth honor. And strong men retain riches. And what? Strong men retain riches. So look, brothers and sisters, there are economic incentives to obtaining wisdom. There's a link between wisdom and wealth, brothers and sisters. See? And guess what? Guess what comes with wealth? Influence. So he's speaking to Israel, put on wisdom and you get the riches. Which with those riches come influence and power. So look at that, brothers and sisters. The principles of godly economic and financial management are founded in the wisdom of the Most High, brothers and sisters. This is critical. This is what Israel need. Put on strength, O Zion. See? Put on wisdom. Put on knowledge. And men or a nation that deal with the knowledge and wisdom of the Most High retain riches. So as a nation, this is what we need to understand. Everybody want to talk about economic empowerment and all this other stuff? Economic empowerment is in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Okay? Not in these uh, these courses that they give you. You, these, you know, these courses they have you come out and talk about different tax brackets and all that. Listen, all that's fine. But if you don't have the knowledge of what to do with that money, <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
brothers and sisters, follow us to Proverbs 24, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. Read. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Read for again, brother. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Lasting wealth is built by wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. See? So as a nation, we must be constructed on wisdom, brothers and sisters, with the architecture of understanding, brothers and sisters. Read 3 and 4 one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. Through wisdom is a, is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. See? So he said put on strength or put on wisdom and understanding. Because why? With the wisdom, do you get strength? Yes. Do you get finances? Yes. See? That's the power and influence right there, brothers and sisters. As the preeminent nation, we must learn to be economically responsible, brothers and sisters. It's not about how much money a person has. It's about your view on what money is. See, that's the difference. People who are, you know, wealthy, they have a, a particular perspective on what money is and how it should be used, brothers and sisters. It's not about who have the most. It's not about that. It's about how you view it. Do you respect it? That's the key, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 4 and 7, brother. Same book, just a different chapter. Please follow us. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Read that again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Here is the key to life. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Wisdom is the most important matter in life. Read that one more time, brother. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. See? So, brothers and sisters, what is wisdom? It is the power of right judgment. Wisdom is the basis for victorious living, brothers and sisters. Wisdom is the principal thing. See, brothers and sisters, this is the key. Put on wisdom, put on strength, O Zion. See, because why? With that wisdom come your identity. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, let's go to Proverbs 14 and 34, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation. Read that again. Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. See, this is why he said, put on wisdom, brothers and sisters. Why? Because righteousness will exalt a nation. Where do you learn righteousness at? In the Bible, brothers and sisters. See? So righteousness exalts a nation. Therefore, wickedness must be publicly crushed to obtain God's blessing, brothers and sisters. This sets a people above their neighbors and in high esteem of not only the Most High, but of men, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalt a nation, brothers and sisters. 
So the exercise of true moral uprightness in every department of a nation's activity will set such a nation up on high. See, we get that through wisdom, brothers and sisters. The Most High rewards civil righteousness. More righteousness also. But if you want to be exalted as a nation, there must be civil righteousness, brothers and sisters. See, that's how you rise to preeminence. This is why they're looking to obstruct us from learning, brothers and sisters, and keep us blind. Because the second we start following these laws, we're getting closer to exaltation, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 47, Brother Wesley. We're going to read Psalms 47. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. Psalms chapter 47, verse 3. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Read that again. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. There will be an annihilation of the worldly powers, brothers and sisters. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loves. See, so, 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 so they understand prophecy, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> and as it's evident by their behavior, <laughs> the behavior that they exhibit towards us. Why? Because they feel a shift in the spiritual climate, brothers and sisters. Righteousness exalted a nation. That's why you're seeing Israelites everywhere telling you to follow the law. Brothers and sisters, because they understand no matter how much money you have, how good you may look and how many Jordans you may have, the only power we're going to obtain is through righteousness, brothers and sisters. So it really fires me up when I hear our own people, these Christian, these Christian pastors and the, the Christians themselves telling us we don't have to follow the law. It's like, do you realize we're in a subservient state? Because we're not following the law? Do you realize that? Read that again, brother. Verse 3. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loves. So this is showing a continued manifestation of divine power if we exhibit righteousness, brothers and sisters. That must be the key. We must become a righteous nation, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, brothers and sisters. There's only one way to do that, and that's to deal what? Faithfully with the righteousness contained in biblical text, brothers and sisters. Listen, it's not to say we love just following every law in the Bible. No, we didn't say that. We didn't say it wasn't easy. But the fact of the matter is we want to rule, and the only way to rule is shit. It's through the road of obedience, brothers and sisters. That's key. Our people need to understand this. This is what I go to, brothers, and show them. Listen, brother. Yeah, I understand. We're being oppressed. We have other nations who really should be serving us on top of us. Why? Because righteousness exalted a nation and sin bring a nation down. Why do you think America is falling right now, brothers and sisters? See, what a lot of people don't remember is when America was first founded, they founded it off what? The Ten Commandments. Don't murder. Don't kill. Don't steal. See, they used the Bible, brothers and sisters, when they were establishing this, but now they've gotten far away from it. Therefore, calamity is at the, is at the door. See, war is at the door, brothers and sisters. He will subdue the people under us. 
and the nations under our feet. Why? Because righteousness exalts of a nation, brothers and sisters. And at this point, every person who knows they're an Israelite, refers to themselves as an Israelite, is usually following every law they can find, brothers and sisters, as it pertains to the holy days, the dietary law, all of that stuff, the, the sexual sins. Our people now know, okay, well, hold on. If I'm the people that's being read of in this book, and it says if I follow his laws, he would place me above all people, then I have to follow his laws. That's why they're looking to hide the identity, brothers and sisters, because they understand they benefit and keep us in a subservient space if we continue to sin. See, we're not other nations. Other nations, they sin and get away with it. You're not other nations. You're Israel. You notice that we went into slavery and nobody else did, right? Who else went on ships? Did white people go on ships? Did the Chinese people go on ships? 99 million of them to serve another nation? And I'm tired of hearing people say, well, every, every race of people have, have served. W give me the data on that. Give me the history on that. They may have served people that look like them as an indentured servant, but what we're talking about is one nation serving another nation. That have never happened before. Had to build up a kingdom, build up a country. That has never happened before. So even black people say that, well, the Irish, you know, we were the Irish. See, that's what you don't understand. The original Irish were black, brothers and sisters. King James, who was king of Ireland, and he was black, brothers and sisters. See, during the Dark Ages, it was black nobility, brothers and sisters. During the Renaissance era, that's once they killed King James, that's when the rulers started to become red-skinned, brothers and sisters. That's when. But during the Dark Ages, there was black nobility throughout Europe, brothers and sisters. After they killed King James, then they started setting themselves up as kings and queens and princes. It's called Renaissance era because why? It means rebirth, brothers and sisters. Whitewashing. To where now our people think anything European or in Europe is white. When we ruled Europe, Go look at your history again. King James was a black man who ruled three different provinces at once, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah 59 and 15, brother. Follow us here, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 15. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Read that again. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Brothers and sisters, see, look at this. Why? Why when we depart from evil are we a prey? Because righteousness exalteth a nation. Now you're seeing it. Now you're seeing it, brothers and sisters. They understand if they can keep us in evil, then we'll never be exalted. That's why when you start coming to Christians and, and other people saying, well, the Sabbath is actually on Saturday, Friday night to Saturday night. It actually said, don't eat pork. See, these same people have been set up to keep us as servants. So when they start seeing us follow the law, you become a prey. Read that again, brother. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there, there was no judgment. 
He that departed from evil maketh himself a prey, brothers and sisters. So once you receive the light of the truth, you now become a target. And that word prey is P-R-E-Y, brothers and sisters. So we have to remember it's a spiritual battle. And the spirits recognize those who have the light, brothers and sisters. Why? Because those surrounding us love the cool of the darkness, brothers and sisters. See, these churches have been set up to perpetuate sin. Knowing that if our people follow the law, we will be exalted. This is why you have Christian pastors and these so-called theologians telling you, you ain't got to follow no law. Why? Because you've been set up by the Romans. So the Romans will pay you to keep your people down. That's what's going on with a lot of these pastors. They're receiving hush money from the government, brothers and sisters, to teach us against ourselves, brothers and sisters. He that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Be prepared, brothers and sisters, to become a target, to become the enemy when you start trying to follow the law. And not only follow it, but share that information with others. When you start bringing this up, look at how these Christians' countenance turn to evil towards you, brothers and sisters. You'll see the horns come out, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon, brother. 2 and 10. Actually, let's read Isaiah 59 and 15 one more time. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 15. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. So remember that part. He that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. Brothers and sisters, remember that because we're getting ready to go into the mindset of the Gentiles once they see us coming back. To righteousness. We're going to Wisdom of Solomon, Brother Wesley, in the Apocrypha. We're going to go to chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2. We're going to read verse 10 through 21, Brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Read that again. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us oppress the poor righteous people. See? Look at this, brothers and sisters. They're looking to oppress us now. This is what they're looking to do. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. See, so look at this. They don't care about the, the elder women. They don't care about the elder men. They don't care about the children. They don't care. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. And they know what they're doing, brothers and sisters. The enemy is now looking to use provocation, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he that depart from evil maketh himself a prey. See, brothers and sisters, read that again, brother. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. Read. Let our strength be the law of justice. Read that again. Let our strength be the law of justice. They would use the law against us, brothers and sisters. They would pull you over, throw you down on the car and say, spread them. I mean, this is just I'm just doing my job. See, everybody use that. When they know they're doing something wrong, they say, well, I'm just doing my job. I got to feed my family, too. Remember the war on drugs, brothers and sisters? Who was that aimed towards? See? Now they're throwing uh, Hispanics in prisons. Why? Because they're coming into a country that they were at before? <laughs> there was ever a border? 
They're going to use the law so they can be justified in killing us. Well, I told the brother to put his hands up in the air and he didn't do it. So I shot him in the back because I was scared for my life. See, brothers and sisters? See? Oh, because he didn't pay these taxes, uh, we had to throw the brother in prison for five years. See? Well, because he didn't pay the child support, we had to throw the brother in prison for two years. See, look at this. Well, if you don't vaccinate your children, we have the right to take them out of the home. Well, yeah, and back in the day, remember, if a sister wanted uh, food stamps and all that, there couldn't be a man in the house. Remember that? Well, yeah, sister, we'll help you out with food stamps, but that man can't be there. See? They've always used the law to oppress us, brothers and sisters. And a lot of Edomites do it today. What do they do, brothers and sisters, for black people? They threaten to call the police as a form of harassment. Understanding how our relationship with, you know, the police has been fractured, you know, for 50 years. They always threaten to call the police. Why? Because I'm white and you're at a disadvantage if I call them. See, they know what they're doing. Read it again, brother, please. Let our strength be the law of justice. For that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. Read. Therefore, let us lie in wait for the righteous, because he is not for our turn. Let us lie in wait for the righteous, because he's not for our turn. And he is clean contrary to our doings. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. They understand we're clean people. We don't eat unclean foods. We don't deal with fornication and homosexuality. We don't do with, deal with unclean holidays. See, and because of that, they're looking to destroy us. Why? Read it again, brother. <clears throat> Therefore, let us lie and wait for the righteousness. Because no, take your time. Tell them what scripture you have, brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, let us, let us lie and wait for the righteous, because he is not for our turn, and he is clean contrary to our doings. He upbraided us with the offending the law. He upbraided us with our offending of the law. I need you to take your time, brother. Take your time. He upbraided us with our <coughs> offending the law, which means what? We tell them they're wrong when they're breaking the law. We tell them crab is unlawful. Sunday worship is unlawful. Christmas is unlawful. They hate us for these things, brothers and sisters. Read verse 12 again, brother. Therefore, let us lie and wait for the righteous, because he is not for our turn, and he is clean contrary to our doings. He upbraideth us with our offending the law, and objecteth to our infamy the transgressions of our education. See, the transgressions of their education. We tell them, this, this education is foolish. It's foolish. You're talking about evolution theory, Big Bang theory, all these theories. See? We tell them, this is foolish. You, you go to these colleges and you become brainwashed a lot of times. If somebody do want to go to a college, I encourage them to go to, you know, maybe go to a trade school or, or maybe even go to a HBCU. And some of those are way off. But at least there's some black pride there where maybe you can share some truth since it's all black people there anyway. Because I don't know any white people that go to HBCUs. But yet we're dying to get up in their schools where they're teaching us about secret societies. See? 
It says, object to our infamy, the transgressions of our education. We tell them, this is foolish. Talking about the earth is 10 billion years old. Stop lying. Stop lying. Read verse 13, brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 13. He professeth to have the knowledge of God, and he calleth himself the child of the Lord. Yeah, see, we tell him we have the knowledge of the truth, and we are the children of Israel. He was made to reprove our thoughts. Look at that. Read that again, brother. He was made to reprove our thoughts. They said, listen, we hate these people because they're made to correct us. He is grievous unto us, even to behold. They don't even want to look at us, brothers and sisters. For his life is, is not like other men's. His ways are of another fashion. So look at this. It says we hate to even look at him. His life is different from other men's. His ways are of another fashion. We understand our people, brothers and sisters, are very unique. Everything we do, how we dance, how we dress, how we talk, how we, when we come up to each other, how we dap each other up and all that. Everything we do is very unique to the rest of the world, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we're the salt of the earth. See, we don't have fun dealing in paganism. That's not fun to me. See? Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. He is grievous unto us even to behold. For his life is not like other men's. His ways are of another fa fashion. We are esteemed of him as counterfeits. See, we tell him, you're counterfeits. You're not a Jew. You wish you were Jew. You're Jewish. He's abstaineth from our ways as from filthiness. We stay away from their paganness as filthiness, brothers and sisters. Their holidays, their foods, their music, all of that. We abstain from it. We stay away from it. And this is showing you their mindset of why they hate us. Read it again. 16, brother. We are esteemed of him as counterfeits. He abstaineth from our ways as from filthiness. He pronounces the end of the just to be blessed. He, he pronounced that the righteous will be blessed. And maketh his boast that God is his father. See, they really hate that when we say we're the children of Israel. They hate it, brothers and sisters. Well, it doesn't matter who people are. Every, God love everybody the same. See? Oh, so now it doesn't matter. Now that it's me. But as long as we thought it was some white Europeans, <laughs> remember the Holocaust. If it don't really matter, then why do I keep seeing Holocaust, uh, you know, commercials every year where people want to take uh, offerings and all types of stuff? So it only doesn't matter when the people are black or Hispanic. As long as they were white, it mattered. Read verse 17, brother, because one of the tricks of the enemy is controlling our emotions. He will use anger, frustration, depression, and other negative emotions to keep us bound and ineffective in life's battles. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 17. Let us see if his words be true. Read that again. Let us see if his words be true. And let us prove what shall happen in the end of him. See, so look at this. They're like... Okay, we hear what you're saying. We're going to test you out now. We're going to test your chin. You're saying you got all this knowledge. Let's see you put it into action. Read it again, brother. Let us see if his words be true. And let us prove what shall happen in the end of him. Read. For if the just man be the son of God, he will help him and deliver him from the hand of his enemies. He said, listen, you say that God is your father and he'll protect you. 
Well, you're about to need protection, so let's find out. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture. Read that again. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture that we may know his meekness and prove his patience. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. They're going to look to destroy us. They're going to test your meekness. They're going to prove your patience because guess what? Anybody can say they're patient. Anybody can say they're humble until they test it. See? You, yeah, what you're saying, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Now prove it because we're going to test you out. We're going to put you in positions to make you display your meekness, to prove your patience. See? Read it again, brother, please. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture that we may know his meekness and prove his patience. Let us condemn him with a shameful death for by his own saying he shall be respected. See? So they start to kill us in public on TV. Let us condemn him with a shameful death. See? Looking to embarrass us. See? To prove your patience. Prove your meekness. How humble are you? See? This is what they're going to do, brothers and sisters. All throughout the media, we're going to be portrayed as thugs and criminals. See? They're looking to come after us, brothers and sisters, to test us. Because what? You claim you're a child of God, but as soon as you get tested, you act like a thug and a criminal. See, that's what they want. Because why? If they can provoke that response out of you, they know they don't have to worry about you converting anybody. So this is what's happening. The enemy, brothers and sisters, they know what they're doing. Read verse 19 again, brother, please. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture, that we may know his meekness and prove his patience. Let us condemn him with a shameful death, for by his own saying he shall be respected. So, brothers and sisters, they understand that this would have a profound psychological effect on us. They're going to use the law. They're going to try to torture us. Vaccines. Throwing us in prisons. They're going to test our patience. They're going to promote us to be thugs and criminals. They're going to kill us in public and show it before the world. See? Why? Because he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. Remember verse 10 said, let us oppress the poor righteous man. See? So once you become righteous, you become the enemy of the world, brothers and sisters. You are now enemy of the state. You're now enemy of the Christians. You're enemy numero uno. You have to be able to stand firm. Because the whole earth is looking to destroy us, brothers and sisters, when you depart from evil. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 7, verse 7. Because this is key, brothers and sisters. I need you to see this. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 7. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Now remember the scripture before, Wisdom of Solomon 2 and 10 said, Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let our strength be the law of justice. Why? Because they understand these scriptures. Read that again, brother. Surely oppression make, maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. See? So, of course, somebody with wisdom will get angry concerning the oppression of their people. It raises indignation in us. It disturbs our mind. So, they're going to try to use our emotional state against us, brothers and sisters. They're going to look to provoke us. They're going to be provocative to provoke us into sin. Brothers and sisters, 
Read that one more time, brother. Surely oppression maketh the wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. It says oppression maketh a wise man mad. So other nations look at us and say, why y'all always angry? Y'all just an angry black man. You're just an angry black woman. Listen, brother, you've never been oppressed a day in your life. So you wouldn't understand what's going on. But it's showing you that the enemy, understanding this scripture, they would look to use our anger against us. They would look to use our emotional state against us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because thoughts lead to emotions, which lead to behaviors, which perpetuate our external responses, brothers and sisters. See, that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to provoke a response. So then they can publicize that before the world and say, see, you the Jews, you, you the people, huh? Yeah, you say it, but your attitude, your behavior don't show it. See, read the next scripture, brother. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient is in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Read that again. Better is the end of, of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Read. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. So look at this, brothers and sisters. The Bible is giving you warning. Don't be hasty to be angry because anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Why? Because you're not thinking clearly when you're angry. You're doing things that contradict the same book that you claim to follow. See? So they understand this. Their warfare is not always physical, brothers and sisters. They have psychological warfare. They have biological warfare. And then come the physical combat. Brothers and sisters. See? Surely oppression maketh the wise man mad. And we just read in Wisdom of Solomon too. They're going to look to oppress us purposely. Brothers and sisters. Understanding that if we're angry, we're not clear. We can't see clearly when you're dealing in the spirit of anger. It rests in the bosom of fools. So you have to understand this, brothers and sisters. You're going to have provocateurs. You have to be controlled and not allow anybody to provoke a response out of you that's, you know, to never elicit a response out of you that would be contrary to what we're reading in Scripture. Before we move on, brother, read Ecclesiastes 7 and 7 again. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 7. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Now, brothers and sisters, understanding that oppression maketh the wise man mad, they're going to look to provoke anger, brothers and sisters. Why do you think they're showing us being killed on TV, in the news? They're trying to provoke an emotional response. Why? Let's show you. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon in, in the Apocrypha, brother. Chapter 5, verse 16. This is why. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom. Read that again. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom and a beautiful crown from the Lord's hand. For with his right hand shall he cover them and with his arm shall he be protect them. So look at that, brothers and sisters. If we're going to receive a kingdom, 
we must understand how to rule a kingdom righteously. First thing is the anger. So read that one more time, brother. Therefore shall they receive a glorious kingdom. See, that's the key. So we must be properly trained in the conduct of kings. We must learn the proper etiquette of rulers, brothers and sisters. That's the key. If you're going to receive a kingdom, you must be prepared for authority. You must be prepared for rulership. So you must under have you must understand wisdom. You must understand patience. You must understand these things because why? The length of a rulership is determined by righteousness, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon 3 and 6, brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 6. As gold in the furnace has he tried them and received them as a burnt offering. Read. And in the time of their visitation they shall shine. And run to and fro like sparks among the stubble. Read. They shall judge the nations. They shall what? They shall judge the nations and have dominion over the people. And their Lord shall reign shall reign forever. They shall judge the nations, brothers and sisters. So look at that. And have dominion over the people. So what? Verse 6 says what, brethren? As in gold in the furnace has he tried them. See? So you must be tried before you're exalted to judge. Because why? If you are not trained in rulership, you don't deserve to judge the nations. So this is key, brothers and sisters. That's why it says, first, I must try you. First, you must go through the furnace. We must burn out the impurities. First, then ye shall judge the nations and have dominion over the people. And their Lord shall reign forever. Christ. So look at this, brothers and sisters. We must be trained in the proper etiquette of rulership, of royalty, brothers and sisters, in order to judge the nations. See, that's the key. So we're in preparation for universal rulership, brothers and sisters. That's key. If you don't understand the proper training and etiquette, the proper conduct of rulership, you cannot rule. So that's what we're going into today, brothers and sisters. We're going into the proper etiquette, the proper conduct of royalty, brothers and sisters. Look at Queen Elizabeth and, and that family. There's certain things they don't do, certain things they don't say, certain places they don't go, especially in public, in the public eye. Why? Because in order to protect their rulership and authority, they must restrict themselves from certain behaviors, at least publicly. We're going to prove that. Let's go to Exodus 18 and 21, Brother Wesley. Take your time, brother, please. Exodus chapter 18, verse 21. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men. Able men. Look at this, brothers and sisters. See? So provide out of the people able men. Now, who are able men? Read. Such as... Fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. So look at this. These are characteristics we must embody before exaltation. Persons of wisdom, discernment, judgment, prudence, and fortitude. For who can be a ruler without these qualifications? Brothers and sisters, read that one more time, brother. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, 
such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of a thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. So brothers and sisters, the qualifications are remarkably complete. Ability, piety, truthfulness, and unselfishness, brothers and sisters. So there's certain conduct that the Most High looks for in order to place somebody in a position of authority. We as the children of Israel who have gotten used to being servants must understand what? Understand the conduct of kings that's provided within the biblical text, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Proverbs 29 and 2, Brother Weston. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Read that again, please. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. See, the people rejoice is the blessed effects of good government, brothers and sisters. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. See, so people have cause to rejoice or mourn as the rulers are righteous or wicked, brothers and sisters. That's critical. This is why the Most High is telling us that righteousness exalteth a nation. Why? Because the people rejoice. They have no problem following or being subservient to somebody who's righteous, brothers and sisters. So when sinners are put away and the righteous are in majority, what happens? Read it again, brother, please. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked... Wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. See, the people mourn. So when the righteous give the tone to society and conduct all affairs according to righteousness, there's a general happiness, brothers and sisters. See, there's a general happiness. See, a lot of our people, children of Israel, just want to be in authority so they can treat people like dirt. And you're not going to be in authority. <laughs> I hear a lot of our people, you you will be a slave. You, you will be saved for a concubine, you Gentile women. I'm like, brother, you won't be there. <laughs> so you, you don't have to worry about concubines and slaves and servants. You won't be experiencing any of that, brother. Because what you want to do is like the white man do, which is become a police just so he can slam your head up on the ground. That's that's the, the mind state that a lot of our people are in. They think they just want to be in authority so they can abuse power. And that's not going to happen. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. So our people must be trained in the proper etiquette or conduct of kingship, of royalty, brothers and sisters. That's what we're using this time for. Okay, you know you're Israel, good. What's next? Training in righteousness, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 12, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 12. It is an abomination to the kings to commit wickedness. Read that again, brother. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is established by righteousness. For what? For the throne is established by righteousness. Here is inspired wisdom in political science, brothers and sisters. Political power is best served by righteousness. That's crystal clear. Read that one more time, brother. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is established by righteousness. See, 
So the longevity of a rulership is dependent on righteousness, brothers and sisters, for a throne is established by righteousness. So authority and leadership should be initiated and maintained by righteousness, brothers and sisters. No doubt about that. Unquestionably, brothers and sisters. See, a lot of people didn't know that the Bible had political science in there. How to rule a government. See, a lot of people don't know the 144,000 that you read of in Revelations, 12,000 from each tribe, is a ruling government, brothers and sisters. That's not only 144,000 going to make it into heaven. That's the rulership of, of Christ's kingdom. You must have a government. When you go into every nation, they have a government. The kingdom of the Most High will have a government, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 25 and 5, brother. What does that say? Proverbs chapter 25 and 5. Take away the wicked from before the king. Do what? Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. See, the Bible is a political manual, brothers and sisters. Evil men must be removed so a kingdom or nation can prosper in righteousness. So you have to understand that destiny flocks together, brothers and sisters. Having certain people around you or even within the nation is not conducive to good leadership, good rulership, good royalty, brothers and sisters. So right now we're learning something about authority. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 25, verse 5. Take away the wicked from before the king. And his throne shall be established in righteousness. See, so wicked associates should be removed from the presence of rulers. Then their leadership or their throne will be established in righteousness. Because guess what? When you have wicked people counseling rulers, the people mourn, brothers and sisters. Those of us who are a little, uh, have a little understanding of politics, understand what lobbyists are, brothers and sisters. Where certain people will pay uh, some of the more influential brothers in politics to get or to coerce a certain legislation to be passed, brothers and sisters. See? So rulers must be what? They must not be accessible to everyone, brothers and sisters. Just like you're not accessible to the president or the queen of England or the prince, Harry, or, or whoever. See, every, we can't be accessible to all people. If you're not dealing in righteousness, you have to uh, relocate, brother. You're going to have to relocate. Why? Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 5. Take away the wicked from before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. See, the throne shall be established in righteousness, brothers and sisters. That's key. Brother Wesley, let's go to Wisdom of Solomon 6 and 18, brother. We're going to the Apographer, brothers and sisters. Please follow us there. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 18. This is political science. And love is the keeping of her laws. Who is her? Her is wisdom, brothers and sisters, or the Holy Spirit, which is a feminine spirit. And the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption. Read that again. And love is the keeping of her laws, and the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption. Is the what? 
is the assurance of incorruption. See, we must have one motive at all times to make all decisions based on righteousness and wisdom, brothers and sisters. Read. And incorruption maketh us near to God. See, if you are not dealing with corruption, you'll be closer to God showing you what? Dealing with corruption separates you from the spirit of the Most High, brothers and sisters. So we must be noble, far above our peers, with a fearless and committed hatred of evil, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, from the top. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 18. And love is the keeping of her laws, and the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption. And the incorruption maketh us near unto God. Therefore, the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Therefore, the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom. Brothers and sisters, wisdom is what will establish a, right, uh, a righteous kingdom with the assurance of incorruption. Because why? If you don't know the Bible, you don't know what corrupt is. You don't know what right is, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6. Verse 21, if your delight be, in the, be then in thrones and scepters, O ye kings of the people, honor wisdom. Do what? Honor wisdom. Do what? Honor wisdom, that ye may reign forevermore. That what? That ye may reign forevermore. See? <laughs> the longevity of your rulership is determined by the righteousness you exhibit, brothers and sisters. If your delight be in thrones and scepters, which is king apparel, which is kingdom speech. What? Honor wisdom that ye may reign forever. So we must be prepared to stand alone, to look different, and to have rules the world does not understand, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we have more responsibility. When you're the CEO of a company, the owner of a company, the king, the president, you have to worry about things somebody, a subordinate, doesn't have to worry about. See, as you get initiated or as you get exalted, brothers and sisters, people exalt you based on what? Your ability to deal with conflict, brothers and sisters. So the more you get paid, you have to deal with certain conflicts. See, as a brother who, who just does maybe, um, he just does the mopping and the cleaning of stuff at the, you know, at the uh, market store, he don't have to deal with People coming in work, to work late. People coming in high. People stealing. See, that's not his job. His job is just to make sure that the floors are nice and clean, brother. See, brothers and sisters? So as you get exalted, as you get higher, you must be able to deal with trouble. The only way you can deal with that is to honor wisdom, brothers and sisters. Let's magnify that, brother Weston. Let's go to Proverbs 3 and 13, brother. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Read that again. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth an understanding. Wisdom and understanding, excuse me, wisdom and understanding greatly affect every part of your life, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Go to verse 16, brother. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand. Read that again. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. See, wisdom and understanding will give you a long life, riches and honor. Brothers and sisters, look at that. 
And when it says her, that's Solomon's personification of wisdom, a feminine spirit, brothers and sisters. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. You need that if you're a rulership or a royal kingdom, brothers and sisters. See, length of days, you need longevity of reigning, right? You, of course, need the riches and the honor. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Everything we need to be successful is contained in the wisdom of the Bible, brothers and sisters. Right now, we're being trained in the conduct of kings, brothers and sisters, that etiquette conducive to good leadership, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon in the Apocrypha, brother. We're going to Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 24. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 24. But the multitude of the wise is the welfare of the world. Read that again, brother. But the multitude of the wise is the welfare of the world. And, and a wise king is upholding of the people. So look at that. The good people are seriously affected by the morality of their rulers, brothers and sisters. Read. Receive therefore instructions through my words, and it, sh and it shall do you good. Read that from the top, brother, please. <laughs> Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 6 and 25. 24, brother. 24. But the multitude of the wise is the welfare of the world. And the wise king is the upholding of the people. Read. Receive therefore instructions through my words, and it shall do you good. See? So the people are happy under such an administration, brothers and sisters. That's why it says the multitude of wise is the welfare of the world. If the righteous be in authority, sin will be punished and restrained, brothers and sisters. That's key. We must be wise. We must be endowed with the wisdom of the Most High in order to be welfare to the world, brothers and sisters. See? Being a ruler isn't about telling people, or, or you know, or, or being able to do whatever you want to do. It's about leadership. <laughs> See, a lot of people look at these positions and think it's just about doing what I want to do. It's not about that at all. It's about leadership. Being responsible for a myriad of people that are subservient to you. Receive therefore instruction through my words and it shall do you good. See, a king need to understand this. A rulership need to understand this. A kingdom need to understand this. If you build your kingdom on my rock, my foundation, you will be the welfare of the world. Brothers and sisters. And this is key. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to chapter 10, verse 1. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 10, verse 1. A wise judge will instruct his people, and the government of a prudent man is well ordered. Is well ordered. As, as the judge of the people is himself, so are his officers. And what manner of, a, of man the ruler of the city is, such are all they that dwell therein. So, brothers and sisters, I need you to look at this. A nation's prosperity and security depend on righteous leaders. So all leaders should carefully heed this proverb to rule righteously. I need you to read verse 2 again, brother. Take your time, please. 
as the judge of the people is himself, so are his officers. And what manner of man the ruler of the city is, such are all they that dwell therein. So, brothers and sisters, as the judge of the people is himself, as the ruler is, so are the people that work under him. That's why it says, so are his officers. And what manner of the of man the ruler of the city is, so are all of they that dwell therein. So it's just showing you something here, brothers and sisters. Rulers must have an obligation to righteousness far above any duty or desire to men. This lesson applies to all leaders, brothers and sisters, because what? People will mimic who's in authority, brothers and sisters. This is what you have to understand. Read the next scripture, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 10, verse 3. An unwise king destroyeth his people. Read that again. An unwise king destroyeth his people, but through the prudence of them which are in authority, the city shall be inhabited. So, brothers and sisters, an unwise king or an unwise rulership, it destroys the people. See? So, look at this closely, brothers and sisters. A wise judge will instruct his people in the government of prudent men is well ordered. So, we must be prudent, brothers and sisters, in order to be well ordered. We must be instructed, endowed in the wisdom of the Most High, brothers and sisters. Why? Because wisdom will prevail in public and private when a noble example is given from the highest office, brothers and sisters. See? So, guess what? The leaders have to be straight. They have to be in line. They must be prudent, responsible. Or... Everything beneath them will crumble, brothers and sisters. A nation will be as great as its government is fair and right, brothers and sisters. I need you to really understand that, brothers and sisters, especially the children of Israel who are looking for rulership. You have to get yourself right first, and then you'll be exalted. So right now, we're learning what? We're learning righteousness, brothers and sisters. We're learning conduct of kings. We're learning the proper etiquette of a ruling power, brothers and sisters. Go to Daniel 2 and 21, brother. <clears throat> Follow us here, brothers and sisters. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and, and knowledge unto... Knowledge to them that knoweth understanding. So, brothers and sisters, take your time, brother. I need you to look at this here. It says, and he changed the times and the seasons. He removed kings and he set up kings. So, that's showing you something here. He has absolute control over all sovereigns of the earth, brothers and sisters, to place on the throne whom he will and to remove when it pleases him. So if he have the power to set up kings and take them down, that means he know the behavior of the king he want in place or the rulership he want in place. See, so if he have that authority, we must learn from him who had the authority how to sit in the position, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, 
and the knowledge to them that knoweth understanding. So he giveth wisdom unto the wise. He is the source of all true wisdom and knowledge, brothers and sisters. And our people must come to a consensus on this principle, brothers and sisters. When we are ready for rulership, we will be exalted. We're not ready right now. See? When a child who is in the lineage of kings, he's trained from a child on up to rule, brothers and sisters. See? There's a difference. When you know your royalty, the training from the parents, from yay high all the way up, is training conducive to rulership, brothers and sisters. Same way if you're a slave, you're going through the training of a slave. So what we're doing is transforming from servitude to royalty, brothers and sisters. Understand, he changed the times and the seasons. He removed kings and set up kings. So if he can remove a king and set up a king, then he understands the wisdom we need in order to be exalted, brothers and sisters. The only way to rulership is through the scripture, brothers and sisters. This is key. This is key, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3 and 16, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament. Please follow us there. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what? For instruction in righteousness. The righteous do not exalt themselves, brothers and sisters. The Most High will promote us. He will exalt us when it is the proper time. Until then, we must utilize the Bible to learn the conduct of righteous rulership, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for the instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, that the man and woman of God may be perfect or perfected, brothers and sisters. We need the scriptures that's given by inspiration of the Most High for instruction in righteousness. Why? You don't know righteousness without the Bible, brothers and sisters. And that's key. No matter what you think you know, if you can't base it in the scripture, you're wrong. And you need to be right in order to rule. So our people have to humble themselves, understand they don't know nothing about rulership right now. We know about the new Jordans that's coming out. We know about the Jay-Z album from, uh, you know, his first album in, in Notorious B.I.G. and stuff. We know about that. We know about LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. We don't know about rulership because we haven't learned it, brothers and sisters. So that's what we're doing at this point. At this time, we're going into the Bible and looking for the behaviors that we must display in order to be elevated to a position of authority, brothers and sisters. Go to Proverbs 22 and 4, brother. Take your time here, please. We need the brothers and sisters to get this. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Every man desires these things, 
but few obtain them. With these three, what else do you need, brothers and sisters? With these three, we can achieve total success. Read that again, brother. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So look at that, brothers and sisters. That's key. Because right now we're learning. What? What are we learning? We're learning what we must display in order to be righteous rulers. To be leaders of the new world. Brothers and sisters. See? Born for rulership. Brothers and sisters. Proverbs 12 and 24 is where we're going. Meet us there, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Read that again. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. But the slothful shall be under tribute. So brothers and sisters, diligent men become masters and have servants and workmen under them. Read that one more time. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. See, he will reach a position of power and influence. Why? The diligent shall bear rule. Read. But the slothful shall be under tribute. See, when it says under tribute, that means a servant. Because in the Bibles, uh, in ancient history, when you were taken down by another nation, you paid a tax to them. That was a sign of your, your servitude. So when it says shall be under tribute, that means you would be obliged to serve, to hold a subordinate position. See, read that one more time, brother. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. The hand of the diligent shall procure wealth and power. Diligence procures wealth and promotion, brothers and sisters. But laziness, you shall be under tribute. See, we need to understand this, brothers and sisters. People who have aspirations for rulership need to understand this, brothers and sisters. Diligence. We must learn diligence. And not just one thing, but all facets of life. Because it's the principle. If you can learn it on any level, you can learn it on every level, brothers and sisters. Don't say, well, I'm just lazy when it comes to this. Or I'm this way when it comes to that. No, you must be diligent. Not on one thing or two things. That must be who you are, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 20. And 28, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king. Read that again. Mercy and truth preserve the king. Once again, political science is taught in the Bible, brothers and sisters. The Most High will preserve a ruler, a government, or a nation that exalts mercy and truth. Read that again, brother. Mercy and truth preserve the king. And his throne is upholding by mercy. See? And his throne is upholding by mercy. See? As the future rulers of the earth, we should humble ourselves before the divine wisdom of this proverb. Mercy and truth are our greatest allies in preserving rulership, brothers and sisters. This is key. Do you know mercy? You need to learn mercy. That's something I've had to learn, brothers and sisters. That means even though somebody is wrong and deserves a judgment, I'm going to be merciful. That's not something that you just come up with. You have to learn that, brothers and sisters, which means he's going to put you in positions. He's not going to just give you the characteristic of mercy. He's going to put you in positions, in circumstances in which you're going to have to display mercy. And mercy, by definition, is undeserved, brothers and sisters. See? 
This is key for rulership. Because if you don't know what mercy is, you will be a terrible ruler. You'll be a murderer. Read that one more time, brother. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholding by mercy. See, our people need to understand that. Our people, that's key. Because it says, and his throne is upholding by mercy. See? So the longevity comes from our mercy and truth, brothers and sisters. These are the things we need to work on. These are the things that we need to perfect, brothers and sisters. These are the things. Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs 29 and 14. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 14. The king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. Read that again, brother. The king that faithfully faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. How governments treat the poor greatly affects the welfare of the world, brothers and sisters. Nations rise and fall by their care of the poor. Now remember, when we read Wisdom of Solomon, it said, let us oppress the poor righteous man. See? Who's the poor, brothers and sisters? <laughs> Black people, Hispanic people, Native people. We're the poor. We're the bottom, brothers and sisters. And they've looked to oppress us, knowing that money is a defense and we don't have much defense. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? Look at that. Read that scripture again. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 14. The king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. Here's a simple way for God's blessings, brothers and sisters. This is political science. A government must be founded on these scriptures, brothers and sisters. Mercy and truth prolong a rulership. And he who judges faithfully the poor. <laughs> this is longevity here. He's telling you, listen. Can you keep it? You may be able to get it, but can you keep it? See, our people are all into getting it, not keeping it. Brothers out there, you know, and on the streets talking about, yeah, I, I got this woman and got that woman and got that woman. And I'm like, brother, but did you keep it? <laughs> See, that's where the power comes from. The Bible tells you to subdue and have dominion. Dominion, brothers and sisters. See, so a lot of brothers out there were like, yeah, I got this notch on my belt and that notch on my belt. I'm like, brother, how does she feel about you 10 years later? So do you have that power? Because anybody can just obtain something or, or conquer. <laughs> but can you sustain what you've conquered? See, right now he's telling us how to sustain brothers and sisters. This is key. This is key. Because why? A lot of times, we do what's right until we get what we want. And then after that, <laughs> we're a different person. And the most I understand this about our people. So a lot of times, we'll do things just to get what we want. And as soon as we got it, everything else is, you know, whatever I feel like. This is key, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs. 31 and 4, brother. Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs, chapter 31, verse 4. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, 
nor for princes strong drink. Continue. We stay drink and forget the law and, per and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. So look at what's going on here, brothers and sisters. Look at this knowledge here. Your rank dictates how much you should drink, brothers and sisters. Rulers have stricter drinking limitations than others. That's not just drinking. Anything that inebriates you or changes your state of mind. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 4. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Least they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. See, he warns all men in leadership positions to be careful even with drinking short of drunkenness, brothers and sisters. See, so the warning is against rulers drinking wine and strong drink with the same liberty as others. Because see, to whom much is given, much is required. You can't do what other people do. You can't respond how other people respond if you aspire to rulership. Look at this key knowledge here, brothers and sisters. See? Look at that, brothers and sisters. Due to our duties of ruling, we must practice greater self-discipline, self-restraint. Let every man consider his rank and let him rule his drink accordingly, brothers and sisters. See? When you're not responsible for anybody, nobody's looking to you for leadership. <laughs> you get drunk all day. You wake up drunk. But when you aspire for rulership, when you aspire to leadership, all the getting drunk, all the getting high, all this madness that's going on have to be eradicated, brothers and sisters, because you can't be a leader dealing with these things. Now, if you don't aspire to that and you just want to be, you know, sleep on the streets, you know, drink all day. Listen, I ain't got no job. I just roll around on the ground, you know, beg for food. But hey, <laughs> Now, hey, you do what you do then. But if you aspire for greatness, if you aspire for rulership, if you aspire for leadership, these proverbs must be taken into account, brothers and sisters. Look at how <laughs> rich the Bible is with this information. Some of us probably never even knew the scripture was in there. This is the, this is the understanding we must have. Brothers and sisters, in order to rule righteously and not only rule, but sustain that rulership, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Second Ezra chapter 2 and 42, and we're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. Second Ezra chapter 2, verse 42. I, Ezra, saw upon the Mount of Zion a great people whom I could not number, and they all praised the Lord with songs. And in the midst of them, there was a young man of high stature, taller than all the rest. And upon every one of their heads, he set crowns and was more exalted, which I marveled at greatly. Read. So I asked the angel and said, Sir, what are these? What did he say? He answered and said unto me, These be they that have put off the mortal clothing and put on the immortal and have confessed the name of God. And have what? Confessed the name of God. So don't tell me that the name, the true name of the Most High God is not important. When it says those who are receiving crowns have put off the mortal clothing, put on immortality, and have confessed the name of God. Not the names, singular, not plural. 
brothers and sisters. Read. Now are they crowned and receive palms. Read. Then said I unto the angel, What young person is it that crowneth them and giveth them palms in their hands? What did he say? So he answered and said unto me, It is the Son of God whom they have confessed in the world. Then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of the Lord. That did what? Stood so stiffly for the name of the Lord. Look at that. Stood stiffly for the name of the Most High. So Christ was this young, tall man that was delivering crowns, brothers and sisters. And it tells you that those who stood stiffly for the name, not names, but name of the Most High, received these crowns. And see, people get mad at us because we call the Most High the name he gave Moses, which is Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah. Ahiah is I am in the Hebrew, brothers and sisters. He told Moses in Exodus 3 and 14, I am that I am, which is Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah, brothers and sisters. Go find out what I am is in the ancient Phoenician Hebrew. A-H-A-Y-A-H, brothers and sisters. Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah. So brothers and sisters, we're going to stand stiffly for the name of the Most. So I don't care what all the other Israelites are calling on. Because we called on many gods in the Old Testament that God has destroyed. We're going to stand stiffly for the name of the Most High. And we don't care if somebody dislike us for that. Because why? The Most High said, don't put any other gods before me. So you calling him a different name is putting another god before him. Especially when you know the truth. See, people that have learned from our church, they know what the name is. Now, everybody doesn't know, but if you have a chance to experience the truth, you're obligated to do what? To display that truth and not go against it. Well, some people say, well, I just can't get the name of Jehovah out of my mouth. And it's like, <laughs> amen. I mean, are you serious here? We're talking about crowns and you're saying your mouth keep forming that name. The same way you stop calling Jesus name, you can stop calling Jehovah or Yahweh or Yahuwah and Yahada. They got all these names, brothers and sisters. I'm like, what did he tell Moses? Exodus 3 and 14. I encourage you to go get a Torah or a Tanakh, brothers and sisters. The Hebrew English. And his name is there in the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. It's in the Torah also. Go get you a JPS Tanakh or a Torah. Order that and then go to Exodus 3 and 14. And you'll see his name is there, brothers and sisters. I am that I am in the Hebrew. Read 47 again, brother. Second Exodus chapter 2, verse 47. So he answered and said unto me, It is the Son of God whom they have confessed in the world. Then began I greatly to commend them that stood so stiffly for the name of the Lord. Read. Then the angel said unto me, Go thy way and tell my people what manner of things and how great wonders of the Lord thy God thou hast seen. So brothers and sisters, this was a vision of Christ delivering crowns to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Rulership is what's next for us, brothers and sisters. We're in preparation for preeminence, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was born for rulership. We wanted to use the Bible to illustrate the pursuit for preeminence, the proper etiquette for lordship, for authority, 
for raising royalty, brothers and sisters. And we ask that you go back on this lesson, pay close attention, especially men, especially men. Because if you want to rule a government, if you want to be a governing body, the children of Israel must do it in the fashion that's illustrated in the Bible. See, other nations can do other things, but they're not the children of Israel. We are. So we have a strict, <laughs> there's a strict guidelines for the children of Israel that will get us to the top, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was born for rulership. We want to say, Kwam Yashar Allah. Kwam Yashar Allah. Sin no more. Sin no more.